Welcome to episode 26 of the Dose of Joy podcast. I'm your host, Joy Huber. Thank you so much for listening into this show and for sharing this podcast with those you know who are facing cancer. Last week was my first week off in six months of this show. I do all the researching, writing, recording, editing, and sharing on Facebook links for the show, so it was great to have a break. I left you with the longest episode of the show yet, over 50 minutes to listen into helpful information on colon cancer. This past Friday was National Kick Butts Day in the United States, so I want to share more about the health risks of secondhand smoke. This information comes from cancer.net, and I'll share the specific page on the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page this week to save you time searching for this information. Even if you do not smoke, you may be exposed to secondhand smoke. This type of smoke can come from someone breathing out smoke while smoking, a burning cigarette, cigar, or pipe. You may also hear secondhand smoke called passive or involuntary smoke, tobacco smoke pollution, or environmental tobacco smoke. There is no safe level of exposure to secondhand smoke. Even brief moments around secondhand smoke can harm a person's health. And the risk of health problems is greater with more exposure. Tobacco smoke has many harmful substances, including lead, carbon monoxide, arsenic, ammonia, formaldehyde, and a type of cyanide. Many of these travel through the air into the lungs and bloodstream. This increases a person's risk of disease. The U.S. Surgeon General estimates that living with a person who smokes increases the chance of lung cancer by 20 to 30 percent. Research also suggests that secondhand smoke exposure may increase the risk of other cancers by at least 30 percent. These include, but are not limited to, cervical cancer, kidney cancer, rectal cancer, and brain tumors. Secondhand smoke also causes other health problems, including asthma and heart disease. These people have a higher risk of harmful health effects from secondhand smoke. Pregnant women, children, older adults, people with breathing conditions, or heart disease. Exposure to secondhand smoke causes lung inflammation and lowers 
levels of important vitamins right away. These effects can increase a person's likelihood of developing health problems. Secondhand smoke is especially unsafe for babies and young children because their bodies and lungs are still developing. Children exposed to secondhand smoke have a higher risk of the following conditions. Ear infections, asthma attacks, lung infections such as bronchitis and pneumonia, coughing and wheezing, sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS. Research also shows other links between secondhand smoke and child well-being. Examples include increased risk of mental health issues and learning problems and increased risk of starting to smoke. People may think opening a window or using a fan prevents secondhand smoke exposure, but studies show that toxins from smoke do not go away. They remain in hair, clothes, carpets, and furniture. These toxins are often called third-hand smoke. The only way to prevent exposure is to avoid places where smoking occurs, particularly inside. Here are some tips to protect you and your family from secondhand smoke. If you smoke, quit. There are many resources to help you. Talk with your healthcare team about the best options for you. Do not smoke or allow people to smoke in your house or car. Ask people who smoke to step outside. Find smoke-free restaurants, hotels, and rental cars. Ask caregivers and relatives to stop smoking around you and your children. Smoke-free workplace laws have helped lessen exposure to secondhand smoke and the related health problems. Most states have passed laws banning or limiting smoking in public places, including the workplace. Almost half of states in Washington, D.C. do not allow smoking in restaurants and bars. Many counties and cities also have smoke-free laws. If you or someone you love wants to quit smoking, I will share a specific page from the American Lung Association on the podcast Facebook page this week to help you. I also want to share more information on how to quit smoking and using from cancer.net, as many treatments and resources are available for people who want to quit smoking or using other tobacco products. Your chances of success are higher if your plan includes these steps. Set a quit date. Develop ways to deal with situations that prompt you to use tobacco. Build a network of support. See a counselor. Use medications to help you quit. 
Talk with your doctor to develop a plan that will work for you. When you first stop smoking, you will likely experience nicotine withdrawal. Common symptoms include feeling a strong need to smoke, irritability, difficulty concentrating, restlessness, increased appetite, anxiety, and or depression. Options for managing these symptoms include medication, counseling, and other supportive resources. Medication can at least double your chances of quitting smoking. Talk with your doctor about when and how you use tobacco. This discussion will help you find the best type of medication to help you quit. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved three types of medications to treat nicotine addiction. Nicotine Replacement Therapy, or NRT. People most often use NRT to quit smoking. NRT delivers small amounts of nicotine to your body. This reduces nicotine withdrawal symptoms without exposure to tobacco's other harmful chemicals. Over-the-counter NRT options include nicotine skin patches, nicotine gum, and nicotine lozenges. NRT options that require a prescription are nicotine inhalers and nicotine nasal sprays. All of these types of NRT have mild side effects. These may include headaches, nausea, digestive issues, and sleep problems. It is uncommon, but people may also experience an overdose of nicotine. Seek medical care right away if you experience a rapid heart rate, nausea and vomiting, dizziness, weakness, or a cold sweat. Counseling also increases your chances of quitting successfully. Consider seeing a counselor along with taking medication to help you quit. Your healthcare team can help you find a professional. Then there's other supportive resources. These additional resources may help you quit smoking or using other tobacco products. Quit lines that allow you to talk with trained representatives. Websites that provide factual information. Mobile apps that provide tools to help you change behavior. And support groups that provide community throughout the process. As we discuss quitting tobacco use, I also want to talk to you about World Health Day, which is this next week. This year's focus is on our planet and our health. In the midst of a pandemic, a polluted planet, increasing diseases like cancer, asthma, heart disease, on World Health Day 2022, 
WHO, W-H-O, or the World Health Organization, will focus global attention on urgent actions needed to keep humans and the planet healthy and foster a movement to create societies focused on well-being. WHO estimates that more than 13 million deaths around the world each year are due to avoidable environmental causes. This includes the climate crisis, which is the single biggest health threat facing humanity. The climate crisis is also a health crisis. You may wonder what you can do to help the climate. An article on ABC that I'll share on the podcast Facebook page says, small steps make a big difference, according to the experts. Plant trees and grow your own food, even if you have just a small bit of land. Also, choose foods that are grown regeneratively, which restores carbon to the soil where it belongs. Cut back on beef consumption, which has a monumental carbon footprint compared to any other meat. Reduce your carbon footprint by using less single-use plastic. And install solar panels, if you can, and source electricity from non-carbon-based energy sources. Up next, I go from what you can do to help the climate crisis to what you can do to help reduce your own risk of developing cancer. I know many listening to this show are already facing cancer, so share this part with your loved ones and support team to help reduce their risk. Also think about what you can do to get healthier for your cancer treatment and beyond, like quitting tobacco, as discussed earlier. Risk is the chance that an event will happen. When talking about cancer, risk is most often used to describe the chance that a person will get cancer. It is also used to describe the chance that the cancer will come back or recur. Researchers and doctors use cancer risk to improve the health of many people. One example of this is understanding the risks from smoking. Scientists discovered that smoking increases the risk of lung cancer. They used this knowledge to launch a global anti-smoking campaign to help save lives. A cancer risk factor is anything that increases a person's chance of getting cancer. Yet most risk factors do not directly cause cancer. Some people with several risk factors never develop cancer, and others with no known risk factors do. It is important to know your risk factors and talk about them with your healthcare team. It will help you make better lifestyle choices to improve your health. This information could also help your doctor decide if you need genetic testing and counseling. General risk factors for cancer include 
older age, a personal or family history of cancer, using tobacco, obesity, alcohol, some types of viral infections such as human papillomavirus or HPV, specific chemicals, and exposure to radiation, including ultraviolet radiation from the sun. You can avoid some risk factors by stopping risky behaviors. These include using tobacco and alcohol, being overweight, and getting multiple sunburns. Other risk factors cannot be avoided, such as getting older. Understanding your risk for cancer can help your doctor decide whether you could benefit from a cancer screening test, such as a mammogram or colonoscopy. A screening test at an earlier age and more often than routine screening. Surgery or medication to lower your cancer risk. For example, a woman whose mother had breast cancer is at least twice as likely to have breast cancer than a woman who does not have the same family history, according to a specific page I'll share from cancer.net. Some women have strong family histories or genetic mutations linked to breast cancer. Since they are at a very high risk of breast cancer, they may choose to remove their breasts to prevent cancer. This surgery appears to lower the risk of getting breast cancer by at least 95%. Also, these women may choose to take medicine to lower the risk of breast cancer. People with a strong family history of cancer may consider genetic testing. Your doctor or genetic counselor can talk with you about getting certain genetic tests. They can tell you your risk of getting cancer based on your family history and other risk factors. One final thing we all do daily to sustain life is eat. Here's some information I pulled from Cancer.net on food to eat to help with your risk of cancer. According to this page, as of this recording, of course, fruits and vegetables likely lower risk of several types of cancer, including head and neck cancers, esophageal cancer, stomach cancer, lung cancer, pancreatic cancer, and prostate cancer. These findings come from the Continuous Update Project and the third expert report on diet, nutrition, physical activity, and cancer, a global perspective. These reports are funded by the American Institute of Cancer Research, the AICR, and the World Cancer Research Fund, WCRF. Phytonutrients found in fruits and vegetables most likely work together to lower cancer risk, rather than a particular food component affecting risk.
Some help regulate hormones, such as estrogen. Others slow cancer cell growth or block inflammation. Many lower the risk of damage caused by oxidants. Plant-based foods researchers have studied for cancer prevention are cruciferous vegetables. These foods include broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, bok choy, and kale. Frequently eating these foods is associated with a lower cancer risk. Studies show cruciferous vegetables protect against head and neck cancers, esophageal cancer, and stomach cancer. Several laboratory studies suggest cruciferous vegetables help regulate enzymes that defend against cancer. Studies also show that cruciferous vegetables may stop cancer cell growth in other ways. But these effects may differ between cells and animals used in the lab and people. Lycopene. This is found in tomato products. Other important sources of lycopene include pink grapefruit, watermelon, and apricots. Studies show that lycopene may protect against cancers of the lung, stomach, prostate, colon, mouth and throat, oral cavity, and esophagus. But researchers have not yet demonstrated a direct link between lycopene and reduced cancer risk in controlled clinical trials. Now, your body needs vitamins and minerals. They help the body perform essential functions, grow and develop, and repair itself. Some vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients are antioxidants. Research on their role in cancer prevention continues because studies show mixed results. A review of clinical trials in people shows the following. Folate, which is a type of B vitamin found in leafy green vegetables, fruits and fruit juices, and dried beans and peas. One form, folic acid, is made in the laboratory and found in dietary supplements. Enriched white flour is fortified with it. This means that foods made with flour, including breads and cereals, contain folic acid. Studies show a link between folate and cancer risk. People with low folate levels have a higher risk of breast cancer, colon cancer, and pancreatic cancer. I'll be talking more about nutrition specifically for those in cancer treatment in an upcoming episode. And with that, I wrap up today's episode of Dose of Joy. Remember, you can email the show at doseofjoypodcast at hotmail.com. I encourage you to email if you have a non-medical question about facing cancer. While I won't be able to respond to all due to the volume of questions received, I may be able to answer your question in the next show.
also like the Dose of Joy podcast Facebook page to plug into the regular post where specific links to resources highlighted in the show are shared. Until next time, I leave you with my heartfelt wish for a joy-filled life. I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna cry. The world is waiting here for me. I can do more than just survive. I wanna see how far I can go. Watch me put my heart in drive. Yeah.